Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of the Tick Bootcamp podcast. The title of today's interview is We Have Lyme, Now What? An interview with Claire Dalton. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Today's podcast guest is Claire Dalton. Claire Dalton is a 22-year-old woman from Utah. Claire grew up with five siblings in a traditional family setting. For most of Claire's life, her mother suffered from a debilitating illness that the medical community could not explain. One of Claire's strongest childhood memories was the fear that she would come home every day not knowing if her mother was going to be alive. Although her mother's illness was something that they went through as a family, Claire said it never crossed her mind that this is something that she would end up with. Unfortunately, at the age of 17, Claire began to exhibit the symptoms of her mother's tick disease. The early onset of symptoms did not interfere with Claire's early life plan, and she attended Southern Utah University to major in vocal performance. During her first semester, she said everything exploded in her life. Her pain symptoms became so debilitating that she had to drop out of college. Today, Claire describes herself as having regained about 80% of her health. To support other chronically ill people, she started a blog entitled Chronically Beautiful, and she started a small online business. Hi, Claire Dalton, and welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me on. We're blessed to have you, Claire, and uh, we'd like you to begin by sharing with our listeners uh, what your life was like before you got sick. Yeah, for sure. So um, I got sick at around age 17 is when I started having my worst symptoms, and I grew up, um, I'm from Utah, so I grew up in like a really big family, and I, ha- I have five siblings, and um, we just had like a big, happy, you know, classic family home, and um, I was very, I was I feel like I was a fairly outgoing kid and I was, I had a very happy childhood and I was pretty healthy and um, I just had, I had a good life for the most part when I was younger. Um, And then um, it was when my mom first got sick with Lyme disease that my life kind of started to change. Claire, can you share with us what your mother's Lyme disease journey was like? Yeah. So my mom got sick. Well, my mom was on and off sick, like, Almost every winter, it seemed like she got really sick, um, pretty much all growing up. But, you know, she could manage it, and she would always come out of it. And then um, it was when I was about 16 that my mom went down for the long run, and she got really sick. Like, she had every symptom under the sun, and she was pretty much, like, totally just, I don't even know how she lived through it because she was in through, she was going through so much pain all the time. And her entire body had every kind of pain and we didn't have any answers and we didn't know what was going on. And she, she did the whole, she went to all the, all the doctors and um, nobody had any answers for her. And in fact, she even had a, a doctor that said to her, well, you know, <laughs> we don't know what's wrong with you because you have so many symptoms and there is no disease with all your symptoms. So there's, there's nothing we can do for you at this point. And <laughs> at that point she was just ready to just, Stop with the doctors because we've done. She had done everything, and um, you know, I would come home every day to not even knowing if my mom was going to be alive because she was so sick. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night to her screaming because she was in so much physical pain that she she just couldn't handle it. And so that's kind of um, my mom's story of when she first got sick and before we even had any answers. Did you ever imagine that? you might also contract the same illness that your mother had uh, when she was going through her battle? Um, Definitely when I was in high school, it never crossed my mind. Like it was definitely something that we went through as a family. And it was definitely something that I was very deeply into because I lived at home and, but it never, it never crossed my mind that this was something that I would end up with and that I would have to 
go through the same thing that I watched my mom go through for so long. How quickly did you connect your symptoms to your mother's illness? So when I was about 17 um, was when my symptoms started coming and my first few symptoms were like mental symptoms. So I had really bad cognitive dysfunction when I was 17 and I had a really hard time in school. Like I was usually a straight A student. All of a sudden my grades like started to drop and I just couldn't pick up on any concepts at all. <laughs> and I just thought I was kind of stupid, but um, it was really abnormal that I just couldn't remember anything. And I had really, I had really bad anxiety, really bad depression. Um, and then I had the really bad, I had endometriosis type symptoms. And so I would have really bad lower pain, pain in my lower abdomen for like the longest time. And it was very abnormal, but doctors were just like, you're young, it'll even out, it'll be fine. Um, and, but that's when we finally started to realize when it never evened out and never went away. That's when, right before I was about to go to college, that's when my mom was like, we need to get this checked out because this is so like similar and so different and so bizarre that we need to get this checked out. And so that's, I went like right before I went to my freshman year of college to go and get um, all of the testing that I did. So Claire, what was your plan once you went to college? Where, where were you going to go to college and uh, what were your professional plans after college? Yeah, so <laughs> I always love telling people about my plan because I had I had a plan for life and like nothing was going to stop me <laughs> in this plan. And so I was, I wanted to, I was going to go to Southern Utah University and I was going to be a vocal performance major because um, I grew up singing. That's what I did. I took private voice lessons all growing up and everyone expected me to be a vocal performance major and to go on and do music. And I wanted to get married when I was young and I wanted to have a lot of kids. And I just had this plan like laid out for when this was going to happen and what age it was going to happen. Um, and then everything changed when I got sick. Now, Claire, were you able to attend college after your illness uh, began to develop? Yeah, no. So I started school and I went to my first semester as a vocal performance major. And that's really when everything just like exploded in my life. Because then I got like the real pain symptoms like joint pain, muscle pain, headaches. I had heart palpitations. My heart rate was crazy. Even just sitting, it'd be like 120. Um, I couldn't mentally, I couldn't handle anything. I was having like five to six panic attacks a day and everything just plummeted into the ground. And um, eventually about halfway, well now probably about two thirds of the way through my freshman year of college, um, my mom called me up and I had had my diagnosis at that point. She was just like, all right, Claire, like we got to figure out what we're doing from here because this isn't working. And I pretty much decided to go home because I was like, I can't handle this anymore. Like there's no way I can do school and handle all these crazy things that are happening. And so I went home and that was the end of college for me. <laughs> Claire, when you first started having your symptoms when you were 17 and finishing up high school, did your mother have a diagnosis of Lyme disease yet at that point? Yeah, so my mom was diagnosed right about probably towards the end of me being 17, probably closer to when I was 18. That's when she had finally had a diagnosis. Even then, it was like one of those diagnoses where they were like, well, you have Lyme disease, but there's nothing we can do for you. And so she was, we were still kind of in like this fog of like, I have no idea what we're doing. Other than that, we have Lyme disease. Great. Now what?
And as your symptoms started to progress more and more, when did you and your family realize the overlap between her symptoms and yours and that you potentially had it as well? Yeah, so that was, that was definitely when I was 18 and right about ready to leave for college. Um, because at that point, she was on treatment for Lyme disease. Um, she'd been on treatment for about a year. And like, it was definitely keeping her alive. It didn't, I mean, it didn't cure her or anything dramatic. But that first treatment that she went on, it kept her alive. And that's when we started realizing that I was getting a lot of similar, similar, like bizarre health problems that just didn't seem to add up. What type of treatment did they have your mother on at that time? Yeah, so that treatment is actually a treatment that I don't even think they do anymore. And it's called the BX protocol. And it's like an energy catalyst. Um, and it's something that it's like a doctor from out of the country that he came up with. And um, it's... <laughs> it's interesting because you pretty much, pretty much like the whole process is that you oxygenate yourself. So you sit on oxygen for an hour or two, or for me, I think I slept with oxygen for a while. And so you oxygenate yourself and then you take this energy catalyst, which it's just like a couple of sprays under the tongue and it's supposed to go in and kill your Lyme bacteria, um, which, and it was great. But the problem with it is that it didn't teach anything about detoxing. And so we would have these major Herxheimer reactions that just, like the herxing almost killed us more than the disease itself. And so it definitely kept us alive, um, but it definitely wasn't, it was just the first step. It definitely wasn't the answer. Claire, you shared with us a minute ago that you're from a large family. Do any of your mm -hmm. siblings or anyone else in your family suffer from the same symptoms that you and your mother were suffering from? Yeah. So, I mean, me and my mom believe that um, some of my siblings um, have Lyme disease because they do have some similar symptoms. With that said, um, none of my siblings have gone like hardcore down. They, none of them have been bedridden. Um, and some of them don't even believe that this is a real thing. So it's definitely a different family dynamic because um, I believe that some of them probably do, but they do have stronger immune systems. My mom had me when she was sicker because I'm the youngest than she did when she had all the rest of them. So it definitely didn't affect them as much as it has affected me. Claire, what type of testing did you and your mother get to get your diagnosis of Lyme disease? Um, yeah, so I had the I-spot Lyme test and I believe my mom had the Western blot test is what she had. Um, and so for me, my test came back positive and it was just, super instant. I was, I feel really blessed because mine came back right away. My mom, it was definitely more like hers. She had tests that came back negative or equivocal or whatever. And it definitely was a lot more of a struggle to get a diagnosis for her, but mine came back positive right away. And if anything, that confirms it too, because I've never been bit by a tick or anything like that. And so it definitely confirmed to you that mom has this, whether the doctors tell us it or not. <laughs> so and how do you think you got Lyme disease if you were never, if you never bit by a tick? you think you just never saw the tick or do you think that you possibly got it congenitally from your mother? Yeah, I definitely think that I have congenital Lyme disease. I definitely think that I got it from my mother. My mother was bit by a tick when she was nine and like they pulled it out of her head and it was huge. Like, like she had it in there for quite a while. And so, and she always had like, again, like ongoing, like on and off health problems since then. And um, so we know, like, after connecting all the dots, like, she's had to have had it for quite a long time. What doctors were you and your mother seeing throughout this process that were helping you with your treatment? 
Um, yeah, so my mom saw every doctor under the sun. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you <laughs> all the doctors that she has seen. Um, but for me, the one doctor that I went to that I got my um, diagnosis from was Dr. Andrew Peterson. And he's, he's the one that, um, like, he started me out just doing all of, like, the like the blood test that checks like all of your levels like everything so like your mold levels your mycoplasma levels your nutrients like everything and like once he saw that my mold levels were like in the 500s and my mycoplasma levels were like in the like 300s that's when he was like okay well this is like typical Lyme so let's let's do a Lyme test and so he was really great in helping but I don't even I don't believe that he even diagnoses Lyme disease anymore just because he's had so many people come after him for doing that but now he's his practice is, looks totally different than when I went to him so Claire it sounds like your mother was sick for decades before she got a proper diagnosis was she ill that entire time or did it really just start towards the the end of um you know that period yeah so like I said me growing up I feel like every winter my mom got sick like for like the whole winter it wasn't just like she'd get the flu like she'd get sick for the whole winter and then she'd get better. And like in the summer and the spring, she'd always would feel better. And so she definitely has been sick for decades, but it's, it's always been like an on and an off thing until it didn't, you know, it didn't stop. And then it was just on for forever. And that's when we finally, you know, had to look for a diagnosis because we didn't have any other choice at that point. Did any of her countless doctors throughout the past couple of decades diagnose her with anything other than Lyme disease? Yeah. So, I mean, she was diagnosed with so many things. She, um, I remember like when I, I have no, I was really young, but she was hospitalized for like two weeks and she was diagnosed with mono at that point when she was hospitalized for those two weeks, you know, she was diagnosed with MS, liver disease, fibromyalgia, um, depression. A lot of doctors just wanted to tell her it was all in her head and she just had depression. Um, she's like, everything under the sun she was diagnosed with and then then there were some doctors that even came back and said oh you know what well, that was totally wrong we don't think you actually have that <laughs> so yeah she's been through the ringer with the diagnosis so in a way your mom paved the way for you to get your diagnosis and she went through hell um and and then you had gone through several years of this before you guys sort of got diagnosed together it seems like within a one to two year window oh yeah Oh yeah, my mom definitely went through hell and back again. Um, and then when it was my turn to go through it, we kind of just took each other by the hand and decided we were going to go through it together. And we did. And it's been pretty amazing to see how much our relationship has grown through it because we've been through so much suffering together. Once you guys realized that you had Lyme disease, what types of treatment did you start with? Okay, yeah. So we did the BX protocol, which is what I just told you about. And then after like it was she did that for two years I did it for one um and then we started looking into other things um so we've we've done lots of herbal supplements I, I pretty much live off of supplements and I have ever since I got diagnosed um all different kinds and that just kind of rotates and like depending on how I'm feeling I take different things um we did ozone therapy for a while um you know different kinds just different we have like our own ozone machine and we did that for a while, um, and that, that helped with symptoms. Um, I think the biggest thing for me that helped me, and both my mom did this too, was the sauna detox protocol. And pretty much that looks like you go, 
you take a dose of niacin, which brings niacin brings all the toxins to the surface of your skin, and you have what's called a niacin flush. Um, and so your whole body like just burns and lights up like a Christmas tree. And then you go and you sit in the sauna for about one and a half to two hours, and you do it in like 30-minute increments, and then you do that. I do that for about two months every day for two months, and then you just sweat all your toxins out, and it was horrible <laughs> while I was going through it. Um, but that definitely got me to the point where I am now, where like I can function, but I still have you know symptoms here and there, and I have bad pain days, but I'm functioning and I'm not in a bed. So Claire, about that sauna detox protocol. So you would take this niacin dose. Was that an oral pill you take before you'd go in, into the sauna? Yeah. So pretty much like the protocol, it would look like um, you take the niacin, you exercise for 30 minutes because that kind of acti- like activates it in your system. And then, um, and then you have your niacin flush and then you go in the sauna for one and a half to two hours. And so it sounds like yeah. that was really your game changer, that, that sauna detox protocol. Oh yeah. That was at a point in my life where I really was just at this point where like, I'm either going to get better <laughs> or I'm going to just submit to being in a bed for the rest of my life. And so I decided I was going to get better, even if I did something that sounded totally crazy. And it did when me and my mom were researching this, but um, it, it really did. It gave me a huge turnaround and I started to see lots of improvement at that point. Specific to the ozone therapy you mentioned earlier, we've had some guests say that it's really helped them and others say it's actually set them back a little bit. It sounds like for you, it helped with your symptoms, but it was short, sort of a temporary relief. Is that accurate? Yeah. Pretty much. I, I mean, it, it works. I feel like it works to help with symptoms, but it was also the same concept too, that if you, if you take like a lot of ozone and then you have major Herxheimer reactions, reactions, then you're going to, you know, you're going to set yourself back because you're not detoxing enough. And so that's, that's what I found with that therapy. Did you do any other therapies to help with your, your symptoms and heal from Lyme disease? Oh yeah. So I've done so rice machine therapy is something that I also did um, when I was doing the sauna detox protocol. And that's pretty much, it's a machine that sets off frequencies. It's the concept that like, if, if you have like a, a, a glass and I sing and I hit a note, um, that is the exact frequency of that glass, the glass will break. So pretty much what you're doing with the rice machine is you're hitting frequencies that are the exact frequency as your Lyme bacteria. And then um, it, breaks that Lyme bacteria it kills it um, and so you pretty much just sit in a room with these you know Lyme frequencies inputted into the machine and then it outputs those frequencies and so that was also part of the sauna detox protocol I would usually do that um, for about 10 minutes I'd sit with that machine for about 10 minutes until before you go and you take the niacin and you go into the sauna so I did that and then I also did bioresonance scanning, which is, you know, another, it's another energy thing where you pretty much, you hold on to these two, two probes and it scans your body energetically and it can pinpoint imbalances in your body where it um, kind of can tell you where you're low on certain nutrients or what's going on in certain systems of your body. Um, and that really helped us a lot because it pretty much helps to balance out your systems in your body so that, um, um, you're you're almost like retraining your body to um, react differently instead of just always being infested with this bacteria all the time. And then we also use it to kill the Lyme bacteria too because it's the same concept as the rice machine. So, 
So the bioresonance scanning and the Rife machine sort of were similar in, in the fact that they would target the frequency of the bacteria and kill the bacteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you, were you discovering these therapies on your own or did you find a Lyme litter doctor to work with you and recommend these therapies? Yeah. So um, in Utah, there are no Lyme litter doctors that I know of. Um, so me and my mom, we pretty much, my mom is like, despite the fact that she has this crazy disease, she's like super genius. And she just spends so much time researching because she wants to get better. And so she spent so much time looking into different therapies and, um, you know, she'd come to me with a new therapy and we'd research it together. And then we would just decide that this is, this is what we're supposed to do next. And, um, my dad is a huge support of both of us too. So like the sauna detox protocol, you have to be monitored because like you're, you're passing out, you're throwing up, like you have so many reactions while like you're going through this experience. So like my dad was such a support because he would monitor us. He would make sure that we were drinking enough water. You know, he'd peel us off the floor when we passed out. And there's so pretty much <laughs> between me and my parents, we've just been this awesome team of three that has figured it out because doctors do not help us. And they like, they probably never will in my personal opinion. <laughs> so I think it's just so so great that you have such a supportive family and that your father is so helpful throughout your your journey that you and your mother are going through. Can you talk about any other any other treatments that you guys did aside from the others you mentioned? Yeah. So and like my mom, of course, the first thing she did was the medication route, and that made her so much sicker. People always ask me why I don't take medication because that's just the thing that you do if you're a normal person. But like my answer is really that medications made my mom. 20 times more sicker and I didn't want to go that route so we definitely did that we did try that but that was not the answer and then my dad learned um, forms of energy medicine which is like acupressure and acupressure is amazing for relieving pain it's like the same concept as acupuncture except less like invasive and so that has done amazing things for pain especially like muscle pain and joint pain because you're relieving all of these blockages in your system that um, have been there for who knows how long and so my dad is amazing at that and um, that's definitely helped and then definitely things that I use to um, help with pain now are CBD and um, turmeric and those are like the two things those are like the power couple when it comes to dealing with pain because like I take turmeric every day and I take um, CBD almost every day and for the most part like unless I have like a major pain flare which happens but for the most part like I can function generally okay like way better than I used to just by taking those two things every day. Claire do you take the turmeric in a pill form or do you take it in a powder form with your food? I yeah I take it in the pill form so I'll take anywhere from like four to six turmeric pills a day. And you talked about the acupressure which is a more a light version of acupuncture what is that like from your standpoint as a patient what what experience is that for you? Um, yeah, so for me, like at first I thought it was really weird <laughs> because I was just not used to like that form of therapy. But like the more that we did it and the more that, um, you know, dad would work on me, the more I realized that it releases a ton of pressure, not only in like your muscles and your joints, but even like in your brain. You know, I had so many um, mental symptoms that like just holding certain pressure points on your head and your face it would relieve a lot of mental symptoms. And so that was an amazing experience for me, something that like I 
always recommend to anybody that's struggling from Lyme because it's just a huge, it really helps with symptoms. And I believe it's not one of those things that's like an instant fix, but it does, like, I believe in the long run, it really does help. It like retrains your body to um, not be so like blocked and caked up all the time with these toxins. It's teaching your body to like have your channels open so that you can detox properly so that you can heal from things that are autoimmune and things that are, have been in your system for years. And is that really just putting pressure on certain pressure points throughout your body? So like a gentle massage sort of, sort of treatment? I yep. thought it better what it's like for you, you know, when you get the treatment. Yep, that's what it is. It is, it is very much just like gentle massage. Um, deep tissue massage can be super painful for Lyme people. <laughs> it was for my mom. And so um, for me, like or for me and my mom, it's something that's more gentle and better. It works way better for us because, it doesn't, again, it doesn't just cause like a massive Herxheimer reaction. It's very slow and gentle so that we can handle it. We see from your pre, pre-interview questionnaire that we have that you also did some hormone therapy. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. So, I mean, I went to, I went to some doctors that they, because I have the endometriosis symptoms, and I believe that endo, like my endometriosis is really brought on by Lyme. And so... Um, a lot of the doctors said that I had like hormone imbalances and stuff and they would give me, I took a lot of hormone pills. Um, I don't really feel like that did anything for me. Oh, also my thyroid was really messed up. And so I took thyroid medication for a while. And again, I didn't feel like it did anything for me. So eventually I just kind of weaned myself off of it and went back to doing herbal stuff for my hormones because I didn't feel like the hormones were doing too much for me. So you also did high-dose vitamin C therapy. Was that intravenously through an IV, or is that just taking vitamin C tablets? Yeah, so that was through an IV, um, because there's lots of studies that are done that, like, high-dose vitamin C therapy helps um, people with cancer and with Lyme disease. Um, And so my mom, I think my mom did it a lot more than I did, and you pretty much go into the doctor's office and they give it, they give it to you and you sit there because it has to be like a really slow drip and you sit there for like five hours and your vitamin C. And I mean, that helped kind of, it's kind of one of those things that was kind of iffy that I was like, I mean, I'm sure it'll probably help in the long run, but it just wasn't giving me or my mom the results that we were looking for. So we, that one wasn't, we didn't do that for too long. Did you do any other detox protocols other than the sauna detox protocol that you mentioned? Um, yeah, so I've also done, I, I just got done doing a parasite cleansing protocol and it's, it's called microbe formulas and that specifically targets the parasites because everybody with Lyme disease knows that like parasites really feed all your Lyme bacteria and really can cause havoc. Um, and that actually has done wonders for me too, where it's killing the parasites and it's helping you to detox them out of your system. Um, I feel like that's done really good things for me because um, when you have parasites wreaking havoc in your body, um, you're not going to heal from Lyme disease. So I definitely, I just got done doing that. And that was a very good thing too. So a very common thing most of our guests say is they take CBD oil to help with their pain. Can you, are you comfortable sharing with other listeners what type of CBD oil you're using and where you're getting it from? Um, yeah. So I use, it's called Soul Tender CBD. That's the brand that I use. And we just order it. We order it. I think my mom met this lady um, 
once and so we order it from her and she's awesome and she's awesome again she gave us like a lot of really good information about it and the one piece of advice that i would give about cbd oil is that there's so many different brands of cbd it's like you really have to do your research about what brand is like pure and organic and so you're not just adding extra toxins to your system and so that's that's the kind of cbd that i use and it's just like a dropper so like i'll take like one dropper full a day or if I'm having a really bad pain day, I'll take two dropperfuls a day. And it's kind of just like an oil. So you also noted in your questionnaire that you use essential oils to help with your, with your symptoms. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. So um, doTERRA oils are like the first thing that my family got into that was kind of quote unquote weird. <laughs> like we just, that was like really new to us, just starting oils. But I've, I've learned that like it really helps especially with like the mental symptoms. Like I almost always have essential oils diffusing in my house and like lavender is really good for anxiety and like anxiety is a really hard, hard symptom for me. And so like essential oils do wonders, just breathing them in the air. Um, I know I've tried to use them for my endometriosis pain um, and they've, you know, they worked to a point. <laughs> Definitely wasn't an all out answer though. But um, yeah, and not only that, but just like going from the transformation from, you know, eating really unhealthy food and living a really toxic lifestyle and having really hard cleaning chemicals and everything, like all of my cleaners that I use in my house, because I don't want to add extra toxins to my system, they're all made with essential oils. And like that does wonders for me because I've detoxed kind of my life so that I'm not adding extra into my system. So Claire, you and your mother have gone through a wide variety of treatment protocols, really trial and error to see what would help because you didn't have really much assistance from doctors there in Utah that were Lyme literate. So if you had to summarize what the best treatment options were for you, for our listeners, could you give us a high level overview of what you'd recommend for your experience and what helped you for our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So like step one, and I tell this to like everybody I talk to about Lyme disease, step one, change your diet. Like I eat completely refined sugar-free and organic and that's, and I've done every other diet under the sun too, gluten-free, paleo, keto, you name it, I've done it. Um, but for me, like go organic and cut sugar out of your diet. That's your first step because what you're doing is you're cleansing your body of all the crap that's in your body so that you're not giving the lime more ammo to just hit yourself with. Um, so that's the first thing. And the second thing, is that you want to kill, you want to kill the bacteria. Um, whether you want to use herbs or whether you want to use the sauna detox protocol, I recommend the sauna detox protocol all the time because I feel like it's like a lot faster than any other treatment that I've done. Um, it's two months of hell, but then once you get through that hell, you feel so much better. Um, and so that was definitely one thing I did to kill, to kill the Lyme. And then you want to detox, okay? Whether you're detoxing using you know, whether you're juicing or whether you're in the sauna or um, you're doing a parasite cleanse, whatever it is, you need to make sure that you're detoxing. And so that's kind of my steps that I always tell people that I've done because that's, that's really what I, I have done and what I have continued to do to be able to get my life back. 
And specific to the sauna detox protocol, so many of our other guests have used an infrared sauna to detox, and they, you know, they even buy them at home, and they have portable ones, or actually ones they buy and install in their homes. But most of our guests don't take that niacin dose beforehand. So do you think that an infrared sauna is helpful to detox uh, without the niacin, and now the niacin is more aggressive and help you detox quicker? Yeah, so the niacin is definitely more of an aggressive um, form of detox. Um, my one piece of advice with the sauna is that you have to know how to do it right. Because when we first got our sauna, we had no idea how to use it. And so, you know, we'd go in there for 30 minutes and, you know, like nothing would come of it. Like I, I couldn't even sweat when I first started going in the sauna. And so you really have to learn, like you have to be drinking water when you're in the sauna. You have to, you know, take the proper supplements that will help kill that bacteria and get it out of your skin. Um, so that you're doing it correctly. Um, I do know that there are some people that they don't take the niacin because they prefer a lot softer of an approach. And if that, if you're that kind of person and you don't, and you don't want to take the niacin, I think it definitely is still super, super beneficial for you. Um, but I would definitely for the first month, if you're, if you're going to get on a specific protocol for the first at least month, I would say take niacin because it really does aid in killing that bacteria, bringing it to the surface of your skin so you can just get it out. Are there any other supplements you'd recommend to take with the sauna detox protocol? You mentioned taking some supplements as well to help kill the bacteria and get it to come out of your skin while you're sweating. So is it just a niacin or is there others you'd recommend as well? Yeah, so for me, I took the niacin, but then I was also on like a bunch of other herbs too. And like for each person, it's different. Like you really, I always tell people they have to do their research. You have to do your research and you have to kind of figure out what works for you. Because if you take too many herbs that are killing things too fast, then you're going to get sick too. And so you really have to do your research. But as far as like when you're doing the protocol, like you have to be taking some form of electrolyte. And I, I took that before I got in the sauna so that the sauna doesn't just drain you completely. And then you have to be, I would always juice my own juice whether it was, you know, beet juice or carrot juice or cucumber juice, celery juice. I would always juice my own juice and I'd drink like a whole mason jar of juice while I was in there because what you're doing is you're restoring all the nutrients that some of the sauna and the niacin is kind of putting out of your system. And that definitely helps with like feeling nauseous and lightheaded. And it, we definitely had a lot less passing out than we would have if we would have just gone cold turkey into the sauna. So Claire, have your doctors acknowledged that Lyme is passed through from mother to child at birth, or is this something that you came to the conclusion of via your research? Um, I mean, we have talked to doctors, um, mostly doctors like in different countries, that um, they have like confirmed that this is like pretty much super likely that that's what happened. Um, again, there are no doctors in Utah. <laughs> there are no doctors in Utah that will even recognize that Lyme disease is a disease. Um, so it's definitely not in our area, but we have talked to doctors, you know, all around the world that they're like, this is definitely what's happened here. This is definitely the circumstance that you're in. Yeah, we think that it's just that for some reason we're behind the, the curve here because one of our guests that will be coming out shortly after you, uh, Lindsay, uh, on our podcast, she's a nurse practitioner who learned that, that Lyme is not only congenital and it can be passed on from mother to child, 
but it's also potentially a sexually transmitted disease. And there's a lot of discrepancy out there, but I think our listeners should be cautious and, and research it on their own to determine if one of their partners are infected or if their mother or father was infected, do they consider that they could potentially be getting it as well? And with, with the information out there today, we think it's a danger to not consider that when uh, thinking about Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my dad actually was diagnosed with it too. And my dad has a lot stronger of an immune system, so he, it has not affected him as much. It's mainly in his feet. Like his feet, like when I was in college, I wasn't even around for this because I was in college, but like his feet would swell up and he was on crutches for a while. And so at that point, like he got a Lyme diagnosis or a Lyme blood test too, and his came back positive as well. So we know that he has it as well. Um, I'm definitely a strong believer. Like I know that Lyme disease, you can't transmit it to your spouse. You can transmit it to your family. Unfortunately, that is, that is how Lyme disease works. I'm also a firm believer though, that like, if you know how to take care of your family and you know how to live a clean and a toxin-free life and you know how to be organic, like you can definitely keep your Lyme disease in your family down to a level where it um, will not destroy your life the way that it has destroyed so many people's lives. And so it's all about educating. It's all about learning um, what to do and the right steps to take so that you can keep that bacteria dormant in your system. So Claire, it sounds like you believe Lyme never goes away, but if you take the proper steps, you can keep it at bay and live a somewhat healthy life if you take the proper steps. Is that your belief? Yeah, that's definitely definitely what I believe. Um, again, I know a lot of my siblings, I feel like a lot of my siblings probably have Lyme disease, but for the most part, it's dormant in their systems and they, they live full full lives. And so they they can continue on, but it's, it's very common for entire families. I talk to people with Lyme disease all the time and their entire family is sick, and that's very much a norm. And I think it's important to note that Lyme is, is an opportunistic bacteria. We've had many guests who believe they were infected 5, 10, 15, 20 years before they became symptomatic, and that their body was fighting it off because they had a healthy immune system. And then either due mm-hmm. to a health issue or a traumatic life event, the Lyme bacteria then was able to really make them sick and kind of take over because of their life experiences. So it's important to, for you guys to be aware, I think, of your siblings that it could rear its ugly head down the road uh, if mm-hmm. they have some sort of life-altering experience, you know, a, a physical accident or an emotional trauma or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, for sure. So for me, I really believe that what triggered it is that I watched my mom go through trauma for like two years, and that was really traumatic for me. That was really hard on me to watch my mom go through that trauma. Um, and so eventually, like watching that and being a part of that all the time, eventually I just, my immune system went down because I wasn't mentally or emotionally handling that trauma very well. And then that's when I went down for the long run. So it's definitely, it can, it can rear its ugly head again. That's why like, I'm so, I'm so passionate about um, living a healthy and an organic and a pure lifestyle because that's, that's what's going to keep you healthy is that you have to actually make effort in your health and you have to take control of your own health and realize that it's it's a job it's a full-time job to take care of yourself and to live that healthy lifestyle but it's so important if you want to have your quality of life so Claire does your family believe that your your father got Lyme from your mother or do you think that he got infected by a tick at a later point yeah so we believe that he got it from my mom um you know as far as we know he's never been bit by a tick but um 
you know, there's like that big percentage of people that have never been bit that they're, they still have Lyme. But we definitely believe that you um, got it from my mother, yeah. And, you know, there's, people deal and cope with sickness and chronic illnesses like Lyme in a variety of ways. What has helped you the most, spiritually, um, physically? What has helped you the most get through this experience that you have such a, clearly have such a positive attitude and such a, such a positive energy to you? So what has helped you with maintain that positive energy? Yeah, so for me, number one thing um, would be that, so I've always, I came from a religious family, um, just kind of background information, like I was raised in a very religious family where we, you know, my parents taught me about prayer and about God, and honestly, when I was younger, I believed it, but I was very shallow in my belief and in my faith, and I, I didn't quite understand what it meant to allow God to heal you and to allow Christ to come into your life and to um, have him sustain you through your trials and your adversities. And when I got sick, that's when I had to learn that lesson because um, prayer is my lifesaver. Um, you know, reading, reading the scriptures is my lifesaver. Um, living a life that I know that God would be pleased with me listening to what he tells me and what he, I know my mission is because he's guiding me every step of the way. Um, that's what's gotten me through this illness. Um, there is an enabling power that comes from the fact that Christ, um, Christ died for us and he suffered all of the pains and afflictions that we've suffered so that we wouldn't have to go through our pains and afflictions alone. And knowing that empowers me to be able to be able to, um, live my life and to help other people and to realize that there's a purpose for what I'm going through and that I'm not suffering in vain. I'm suffering so that I can hopefully help other people. I feel like I'm a very different person. Again, I was very shallow and very self-centered when I was younger, but now it's like my eyes have been opened to the fact that there's so much suffering in, in America, in the world, and there's something that we can do about it. And that's something that we can do is that we can love people. We can be there for them. We can be their support. We can be their advocate. And that's like my entire mission in life is so that people with Lyme disease and other chronic illness, they don't have to walk this journey by themselves because that was the hardest part of Lyme disease for me was that I felt like I was totally alone until I realized that I'm not alone when I have God in my life. And that's, that's what changed my life. Now, Claire, can you share with our listeners how you've done uh, your outreach on social media as part of this transformation that you've gone through? Yeah. So I started my blog. Um, my blog is called Chronically Beautiful. And um, the reason why I wanted to name it Chronically Beautiful is because I didn't want to be labeled as chronically ill. Um, I, believe, I don't believe in labeling people um, for whatever reason. And I just didn't want to be seen as just this chronically ill girl because I know that I'm a daughter of God and I wanted to say that you know what I'm chronically beautiful because life still has its beauty even with all the pain and so one of the purposes for my blog is not only to spread the news about health and about real health and how you get your health back but it's also to spread the news of how good God is in the journey and how he's always there and his blessing to every single one of his children um, as we go through these painful experiences. And so that's one of the main purposes of my blog and my social media is to spread that message because so many people have, just like me, they've discovered how much God loves them through their suffering. And if I can just spread that message and give just a little bit of hope 
to somebody somewhere, then that's worth it to me. And that's why, that's why I do my blog and my Instagram. And that's why I will continue to do my blog and my Instagram is to spread that message. Thank you for listening to the Tick Boot Camp interview with Claire Dalton. To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you would like to learn more about Claire Dalton and her tick disease journey, please visit her Instagram at chroniclyclaire or her site, chroniclybeautifullife.com. Second, if you enjoyed this episode of the Tick Bootcamp Podcast, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. Third, Tick Bootcamp has created a Tick Bite blueprint that is inspired by information that has been provided by past guests on this podcast. We urge you to visit our website at www.tickbootcamp.com to view the blueprint. Please note we would appreciate any input or improvements you would like to make. Fourth, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates of our Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, we thank you, our listeners, for your comments on our past podcasts. Please take a minute to leave us an honest review on iTunes, on Instagram, or on our website. We make it a point to read every single one of our reviews. Thank you for listening.